0: And the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. The lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your great creation. Lord, just to read these few verses. Is more than we can comprehend. More than we can understand. But God I know. I know that you created this world. I know that you set everything in motion. And I know that Jesus my Redeemer liveth. And on the earth one day he'll stand. And Lord I know that the Holy Spirit is real. And I thank you for his encouraging word to me. I thank you for his support. And Lord, I pray now that he'd make his presence known to every person in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the solar eclipse is uh, scheduled to pass over the United States tomorrow. It's a big deal. One hasn't been, one that hasn't been visible um, from the continental United States in 37 years. And looking back at that, that's 1980, the last time that that took place. And one hasn't passed over our country in over 100 years. Now, what I understand this solar eclipse is when the moon is going to come between the sun and the earth, blocking out a big, significant part of the sun rays. And as this happens, if you're outside, you're going to notice also a drop in the temperature. And you ought to be aware tomorrow, when that happens, feel the coolness, feel the difference. What if the sun refuses to shine? Be only a few minutes until we froze to death. So what does the Bible have to say about this strange But natural occurrence. And by the way. God knows about it. (laughs) He's lining it up. And he's setting it in motion. He is in charge. There are other passages. Scattered throughout the Bible. That talk about the sun being blocked out. Out of darkness. Depending. On the land. So. During the plagues, back in the days when the children of Israel when were in Egypt, God covered the earth with darkness. Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 and 23 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift up your hands toward heaven, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness uh, so thick that you can feel it. So Moses lifted up his hand to the sky, and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt. For three days. During all that time. Listen to this. The Bible says the people could not see each other. And no one moved. When I read that I thought this. No one had a flashlight. No, no one had a lantern. No one had a torch. Because it's what it says. They were all in darkness. And no one moved. But there was light. As usual, where the people of Israel live, God's chosen people, they were not in the dark. If you're one of his chosen people today, you're not in the dark, my friend. You're in the light, the light that lights the world. And he has given us that charge that we are the light of the world. And during Jesus' crucifixion, according to the holy word of God, the New Testament has similar happenings. The Bible says, let this Messiah... This king of Israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. One of those who were being crucified with him really blasphemed him even while he was on the cross. Insulted him. If you are who you say you are, you come down from the cross and take us with you. The Bible says at noon, darkness came upon the whole earth and the whole land was blocked out of the sun. Until three hours in the afternoon. There's also biblical prophecies that speak about darkness and the sun being blocked out. In Revelation chapter 6 verse 12 says, John says, I looked when I opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like Blood. There are also different passages in other books that predict what seems to be the same thing as an eclipse. In Matthew 24, verse 29 also uh, foretells a sort of eclipse. In in something uh, like one it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. Mark's gospel also alludes to the same thing that's going to happen during the great tribulation. And both Joel, also and the book of Acts, say that the sun has to, has to go dark and the moon will be turned into blood before the day of the Lord. Now, I think it would be amazing if Jesus were to come back tomorrow uh, when this happens. So, while uh, this may be a strange occurrence to some people, it's no secret to God. It's no secret to some of the authors of the Bible. In fact, many believe that God uses, still uses, planets, the heavens, to communicate with man. It is amazing to me how God speaks to us in different ways, and every time He speaks, He speaks a clear message of Jesus Christ, of Himself. You know, people from all over the world have been making plans for this eclipse. I've been told it's just right, maybe, I'm not sure what area right here, Anderson, Greenville, O'Connor County, that over 100,000 outside the population is going to be coming in. You know what I thought about? I don't want to be driving. Imagine those that will be driving and texting and trying to make pictures and talking on the phone. I mean, somebody needs to be in control of the automobile. Thank goodness we're not leaving until Tuesday. But it is amazing to me how people have made plans for weeks now in preparation of this great event. And let me tell you something, and you've heard it. We've been warned and warned and warned not to look at it. Without proper glasses. Without proper glasses. I'm thankful that Lynn is responsible to make sure I got my proper glasses. You know, hey, I cannot see a thing. I promise you, it is total blackness. So I warn you, if you have little children with the glasses, make sure that they keep them on. It'd be a shame for a little child Eyes to be damaged out of curiosity. So we need to warn them to wear their glasses to protect their eyes. They've been, in, they've been invented specially uh, to protect, protect the eyes. And you know something else? This thing's going to only last three and a half minutes. Now, this little, this little clip in here, Lynn gave this to me. It says, Partial phase begins. At 108.8 p.m. Totality begins at 236.56 p.m. And will last to 239.31 p.m. Just a little over three and a half minutes. But the total, the whole total thing will last some three hours. Never again to be seen until the year two thousand. 52. I won't be here. 2052. I won't be here unless I'm. I mean, uh, I mean, I. Wow. I don't know how old I'd be. I won't be here. Why? Why are we? Or why? Why some some people uh, making making plans for the big thing? I understand that motels are booked out. I'm trying to think where I heard this. A daughter a daughter called his dad called her daddy and says and he, he wasn't living in his house today. Said, Daddy, you want to rent your house out? Said our next door neighbors rented their house out for three thousand dollars. Can you imagine? Thousand dot three thousand dollars just to camp out and watch, hey, I could buy a thirty dollar tent and watch it. But they're coming in from everywhere to view this. Thing, and you know, I, I think so many times they make it a big deal over this, and it is a big deal. I want to, I want to see it, but it's not near as big a deal as the coming of Jesus. You know, all over TV, newspapers, radio, they've been talking about the eclipse, the eclipse, the eclipse. And I'm thinking, why don't somebody say, "Are you ready for Jesus to come? He could come while the moon is between the Earth and the Sun." He could come. But people, they're so interested uh, in in doing things that, uh, you know, have a thing to do with eternity. They're making plans for the eclipse. Spending that money. That's just rooms. Think of all the food. All the gas. Think of all the t-shirts that's being printed. Well, hey, it's okay to buy a t-shirt. Buy you one. Buy two of them. Give me one. I want to share another portion of God's Word with you as we think about the eclipse and as we think about the return of Jesus, and that is is Second Peter chapter 3, begin with verse 9 through 14. You don't have to stand back up, but just look up on the screen or look at your Bible as we read these, this portion of God's Holy Word. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But his long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are in it, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, listen to this, What manner of persons ought we to be in all holy living and godliness, looking for the haste and hasting unto the coming of the day of the Lord, of the day of God, in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven. And a new earth in which which dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and without blemish. And I'm simply saying this morning, people are making preparation for this great event, the eclipse. And I do want to see it. But we people, listen, we need to be making preparations for the return of Jesus. If there's sin in your life, if there's sin in my life, I need to confess it. I not only need to confess it, I need to turn away from it. I don't only need to confess it and turn away from it, I need to run from it. Just like uh, Joseph did, run from it. Because the devil, listen, is constantly after us. And he wants to destroy us. And he will if he can one drop at a time, one moment at a time. And when I think about this and I think about uh, the people gathering and gathering, don't you know that the terrorists also are preparing? I mean, hey, I may be struck dead tomorrow, but I won't be found in a crowd watching this thing take place. And I'm satisfied that the terrorists are watching trying to figure out where the greatest crowd will be. You mark it down. You say, oh, it can't happen. Oh, yes, it can happen too. You know, the most important thing today is not necessarily getting ready for the eclipse tomorrow. but We need to be getting ready for Jesus' return. Uh, the Bible is very plain. Uh, it, it, it's very simple. As, I, as I, I've read here, God's not slack concerning his promise, that is, the promise of his coming back. He's not slack on that. He keeps telling us that's what we need to get ready for. But I want you to turn with me, or Cassie's going to put it up on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13, Paul says, But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep as you." that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so with them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him when he comes. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and in the manner of the coming of the Lord shall not proceed, shall not go before them who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, And with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, listen, if we're walking around as Christians and we're still walking around on this earth. It says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he said, I want you to comfort every person you can with this portion of God's word to know there is hope. You may have, and so do I. Many loved ones have done gone on. And those that I knew personally, got to talk to, I know where they are. They're with the Lord. So, it's, that's my hope, see, in Jesus to see them again. Are we ready for the eclipse? Do you have your glasses? Are you ready for the return of Jesus? Do you have him in your heart? Are you ready, and are you prepared to share Jesus with someone else who is lost, who could go to hell if they died right now? Are you that prepared? There's a question here. Is God first in our life? I want you to think about it a moment. Is God first in our life? Who is first? If he's not first, guess what? The devil is. Bottom line, if Jesus, if God's not first in your and my life, then the devil is. How's it going for you, by the way? Let me tell you something. If you are a sold out to Jesus Christian and you're having a lot of trouble, count it all joy. Let me tell you something. For every saved person in this room right now. The lives and the troubles and the tribulation and the problems you and I are going through and we're facing, that is the only hell that we're going to know about right here and right now. For those of you that's lost, never accepted Christ, if you don't get saved before Jesus comes, this, my friend, is the only heaven that you're ever going to know about. That's why it's so important to know that you know that you know I'm saved and I'm saved forever. You know, timing is a very important thing. Timing, being at the right place at the right time, seeing and looking and speaking the right thing is important. Tomorrow, at this appointed time, To be at the right spot, to have the right equipment, to be able to see this spectacular thing that God is going to do, lining up the sun, the moon, and the earth. Some folks will make fun of it. Some will make a great big deal out of it. But let me tell you, when Jesus announces his coming, the trumpet blast, and you hear that shout, it's going to be too late. To get in time. I know a little something about mechanics, and I know this much, that an engine can be one degree off time, and it will not perform like it's supposed to. So I want to just simply challenge us this morning, I said us, not y'all, to make sure we're in time, that we're walking with God. And if we're not, why not? What hinders you this morning? What hinders me this morning from walking with God? Do you realize that there's coming a day when I will take my last step? And I hope and I pray that the step that I take, that I'm right behind my Father. That I'm right behind Jesus in following Him. I don't live a perfect life. I'm not trying to say that, okay? God forgives us of our sins, but he expects a change. He expects a change. Again, knowing a little something about mechanics, I can tell. If that thing's off and you begin to move the, the mechanism, whether it be a distributor or whether it be a flywheel or whatever it is, you can hear the sound of the engine, how it frees up when it's dead on time. You ought to be able to feel the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Every step you take. If you're not, then my friend, you're off time. You probably, some of you may have never been put in time. In other words, you may never accepted Christ. Today's that day. I beg you, I plead with you, don't put it off. There'll be people watching the eclipse tomorrow. There'll be some watch it. Uh, just to see what's going to happen without glasses, you realize also there'll be some die tomorrow. There'll be some people die tomorrow trying to do something they have no business doing. There'll be also Christians that'll die tomorrow because it's their time to go home. It may be me. It may be you. But I beg you today, if God's not first, get it fixed. Get it fixed before Jesus comes because if he comes and you and I are unfixed, we're going to be fixed for life. Fixed for eternity. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I feel like I've done what you've asked me to do. Lord, I can't do any more. Lord, I'm going to be standing at the front and God, I pray in the name of Jesus. That you'd touch hearts, that you'd touch lives that need to be touched today. And Lord, I stand before you. I need adjustment. And God, I pray that you'd help me not to to kick against the adjustments that you come to make in my life. I pray that I'd be all you'd have me to be. Lord, I want to be at the right place at the right time, saying the right thing. I want to be in time. I want to be in step with you. Give our people courage today. Those that need to come to the altar, Lord, I pray that someone would come with them. And I pray that you'd meet them here in Jesus' name. Amen.